Welcome to the Online Course Master Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and I'm thrilled to be here with Teresa Greenway, a course creator making loads of dough by teaching sourdough bread baking courses. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening, and make sure to leave a rating. Help us get our first 100 ratings so I can know whether to keep making this show or not. Let's get straight on to the interview. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to have you as one of my very first guests on the show that I haven't titled yet. It will be titled by the time this is launched, Uh, but welcome to the show. Hi, Phil. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I think that people are going to be really inspired about just the fact that you are teaching your passion through online courses and making a decent amount of money from it. So first, can you give people who are listening a little bit more information about your background and what you were doing before creating your first courses? Well, it was only about 20 or 21 months ago that I made my first course. And before then, I was uh, in an in-between place. I was taking care of my mother who was dying. And uh, I have two teens. One is a disabled uh, child. He's my son. And uh, so I needed to be able to earn money working out of the home. I was only making about three to $500 a month. I had a few books on Amazon. And that wasn't very steady. So I was kind of uh, freaking out, thinking, what can I do? I I don't know what to do. However, I've always been an entrepreneur, even since I was a real small child. So uh, I I joined a uh, workshop online. It was called Smart Women Make Money. It's given by Cheryl Barr. And she was kind enough to give me a scholarship because I just didn't have the money to join the the workshop. And she really opened my eyes to the fact that not only was the universe already taking care of me in the condition that I was in, but that there was so much I could do. Uh, I, I had gotten stuck in the, um, in the groove of, I can't, I don't have a degree, I don't have work history, I can't do this, I can't do that. And she got me to focus on, well, what can you do? You know, what are your positives? So I began to think uh, differently. I began to think about what I could do. And uh, so I started, I decided to optimize my YouTube video because I saw people making a lot of money on YouTube. And uh, uh, I started looking up uh, how to optimize YouTube and I came across uh, YouTube uh, courses, how to do YouTube from courses. And as soon as you start looking up anything that has to do with courses, you come across Udemy. Uh, So I came across Udemy, and it was in January, and they were having their January Blitz sales for $10 a course. And uh, so I went ahead and bought a few of them, and and I started optimizing my video. And when I was taking the courses, I I, uh, suddenly thought to myself, I could make a course. I could do this. And that was a real aha moment for me. It was a, a pretty ast- astonishing moment when I suddenly realized that I could myself make a course. I think that is 
sort of a beautiful story and a beautiful arc and just really the beginning of your adventure with online courses. And it's similar to me when I found out about Udemy and was like, I also was like, oh, well, I can do this. But I think a lot of people are in that mindset of, oh, I can't do this. Or they see people like you or like me on Udemy creating courses and being successful with it or other people online with their own businesses. But they think, oh, I I could never do that. So I like that idea with the program you were in, how she was really able to teach you about what you can do and getting you to think about what you can do. And so you had this idea of like, well, I could create an online course, but what what were you going to create a course about and what could you, did you know from the very beginning that you were going to be, be able to create a course about your, what you specialize in? Uh, well, first off, I want to say something and that is, uh, I, I hesitated at first to make a course because I didn't feel like you just mentioned, I didn't feel that I had what other people have to make a course. I, I didn't have any fancy equipment. I was living in a cold drafty shop. And I didn't even have a nice home, so I didn't really have a real kitchen. It was a little setup in something that looks like a garage. And I was thinking, there's no way I can make a course with this type of setup because uh, my niche is a very specific one. I teach how to make real sourdough bread. And uh, so I hesitated at first, and then I thought to myself, okay, here I am thinking about what I don't have and what I can't do. Why don't I just do what I can and take the money, if I make any money, and put it back into getting better equipment and making things you know, better for better courses? So I went ahead and, and just dove in. I, I plowed ahead. And uh, I had a little Canon pocket camera to start with. Uh, I didn't, I had to buy some sort of, a, I bought a lavalier mic, but it was an omnidirectional. I didn't understand about unidirectional at the time. So my audio was terrible and I had to learn about audio and how to clean it up and what better mics to get and stuff. So, uh, so when I first started, I was pretty challenged. It was quite the learning curve, but I, I would say that no matter what your conditions are, uh, do what you can with what you have and, and go from there. Uh, work, work with what you have and just make things better little by little. That's such good advice. And I think now that you have better equipment, there's an opportunity for even recreating some of your first courses. But before we get into that and everything else, I want to kind of fast forward to share with the audience where you are today. And can you share what has creating online courses allowed you to do uh, personally, financially, and if you want to share any uh, sort of income that you're receiving, um, we would love to know. Okay. Um, well, it was April 2015 when I uh, published my very first course. In the very first month, I made over $1,000. And so remember, I was making maybe 300 a month at the time. So that was just absolutely astonishing to me. And so the first year, I ended up making about $28,000. And Oh, it was just, awesome. yeah, it was just amazing. And then, uh, and then I continued to make courses. Now I have nine online sourdough baking courses. And last year I made, uh, almost $80,000. So all of that wasn't you to me, but, uh, a good portion of it was. 
Wow, that is amazing. And I know you're not in that drafty little kitchen that you were in, right? Uh, just last Thanksgiving, uh, I bought a new home for me and my children and we're in a, a new home now. So I'm fixing up the kitchen and my, my videos going forward will be with a whole new setup. That, that is so amazing. And I, if people listening to this, you know, everyone's going to be inspired by that. And you're someone that your life has completely changed. And so, so has mine. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that life altering for people to be successful. But even if it is just an extra couple hundred dollars a month or an extra $50 a month, it, it it's very special in the beginning. So when you launched that first course, what was it like to make a thousand dollars that first month? Did you even do any promotion yourself? Did you, did you have an audience? Did you have any idea that it was going to be that successful? Um, no, I didn't. I was hoping that maybe I would make a couple hundred dollars. I was just really hoping to make, you know, uh, maybe two or $300, but I did have a following and I think I was real lucky with that. Uh, I started baking sourdough in 2004 and I, I was so excited about it. I was just so happy when I was able to bake real sourdough that I put together my own webpage and I actually started getting followers that long ago. And I have a, a Facebook page called, uh, I mean, a Facebook group called Perfect Sourdough, which I set up as a collaboration between bakers. And people just started joining. It, it was something that I didn't even promote. And it has over 25,000 now in that, wow. in that group. So uh, I ended up getting a, a following without really trying to. It just sort of uh, organically happened. Nice. And so did you... When you launched that course, you did you send an email to people who are on your email list or post in your Facebook group? How did you promote that course? Believe it or not, I didn't even have an email list. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, no, that was something else that I was encouraged to do by uh, the people at Udemy. I had uh, a lot of people contact me over the years. I was selling kitchenware for a while, so I did have an, uh, you know people that were in my email, but I didn't put together a list. So I started an email list and I only have two or 3000 on it right now. That's something that I'm trying to build. I've only been, I, that's only been, uh, in the works for, you know, maybe nine months, but, uh, but with my, I have over 25,000 on my Facebook group. I have a business page with, I don't know, 10 or 12,000 and my YouTube, uh, channel has, I don't know, 12,000 or something. So I had enough followers to where, uh, I could, you know, post something and people would go and, and, and look. So I did have traffic. That's, that's awesome. When I think just the fact that you are making so much money with sourdough bread courses is inspiring to people because a lot of people always say about all kinds of making money online schemes, we'll call them. They say, oh, well, you can only make money if you're teaching people how to make money or a lot of the business courses or even on Udemy now, people see that the programming and computer kind of tech related courses are the ones that do the best. But you're a perfect example that that's not true. So why, you know, like I think a lot of people see with their own skills, maybe related to cooking or something of the same kind of genre. There's so much free content out there on YouTube and on websites and anyone could kind of go figure out on their own how to maybe cook 
baked sourdough bread from a, a blog article, but what do you think makes an online course better and why do you think people are, uh, are actually enrolling in, in courses? Um, well, for the same reason I do. You, you get an instructor who will answer you. They put together the course from A to Z so you have uh, something logical to follow. And when you're done, you get a certificate. You get something that shows you that you've accomplished something. And I think uh, especially having instructor support uh, is really important. Uh, And uh, doing a course from the beginning to the end is just an accomplishment. It's not the same as researching all over the web, watching different videos, because you, in a sense, don't understand what you know. Uh, Whereas somebody with knowledge can say, well, you need to learn this first, or you've done good with that, now go ahead and do this. So I think it's important to have that type of support. Yeah, I think that that's so true. And there's an audience for the for every kind of topic out there. And even if there is a lot of free stuff, or even if there's other courses on sourdough baking, or whatever topic you the listener you want to teach, I would encourage people to still think about creating your own course, because you're going to bring your own style and your own voice and your own, you know, lessons to it. And so that's another thing that a lot of new people, new instructors struggle with is picking the topic for their first course or their next course. Uh, and a lot of people think, well, and my wife says this, she says, oh, well, I could, I don't know anything. I, I couldn't create an online course. But then I start going through like a list of skills that she has and say, well, you could teach a course about this or that. How, what do you, do you have any suggestions for new instructors on how to pick their topics? Absolutely. I think uh, one mistake that people make is they try to research what makes money. And that's not where the money is. It just isn't. Uh, I think what makes money is your passion. People don't follow you always just for your knowledge. What they follow you for is your passion. When you meet somebody that has a lot of passion for a subject, the passion alone gets you excited. And then you know that if they're that passionate that they really know their subject because obviously they've soaked it up like a sponge and they've done all the learning already. So I think uh, to make a course, you should follow your passion, whatever you're the most passionate about. I love that. I love that. And and people will learn the process without focusing on just making money. And I, I see so many people complaining or just focusing on how much money they're making from their course or their first course. And there's lots of ways to make money out there. So at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying the process of actually creating a course, I suggest you to you do something else. So I love that idea of just picking what you're passionate about, creating a course, having fun with it, and and seeing if it's something you wanna you wanna uh, do. And you've had a lot of success with you know creating a bunch of courses in one topic. Are you have you ever thought about teaching anything else aside from sourdough bread? Uh, I, I actually have a few courses started on entrepreneurship and success, but there's something that tells me that, uh, either I'm not ready to do it or maybe it will take away from what I have because, um, I read the 22 immutable laws of sales, uh, and I, and I am an entrepreneur and it seems to me that some people can get away with that. Um, but I'm not so sure at this point in my life if I can split my, uh, uh, my, what, uh, my work, my, <laughs> I can't think of the word. You have to, I mean, you have like an audience in this one sort of yeah. niche and you have a, you spend your time building this niche. So I, I completely understand. And I've, I think I 
made the mistake too early on and spreading myself too thin. And so now I'm trying to figure out and throughout the past few years, the whole, my whole process has been, how do I figure out how to maintain these different audiences? And should I just focus on one? Yeah. That's, that's what I meant. The creative energy, you pour a lot of Mm. creative energy into it. And if you pour it into the thing that you're most passionate about, it's like not work. But if you start branching out and doing things that you do know about, but you're not as passionate about, then it becomes more work and not as fun. So you, that comes across to the student. And I I don't think that you do as well. Uh, Besides, wherever you focus at your energy is where your success really lies. So um, like I said, I think some people can do it. uh, And maybe in the future, I could do it. But I think right now, having my energy and passion, uh, all focused in one area that I love the most, it has been working really well. Yeah, sure seems like it. So I think a lot of people will be hearing this and will be thinking, wow, $80,000 from online courses, that sounds pretty glamorous. I get to stay home and make videos and teach the world. Can you kind of walk through what a typical day in the life of Teresa Greenway is? And through the glamorous side, but also maybe just the the not so glamorous side of online course creation. Well, let me say that uh, that that amount of money wasn't all made just on courses. Uh, like I said, I'm an entrepreneur, and I am also an affiliate for Udemy. I'm an affiliate on Amazon. I'm a, an affiliate for a few different uh, baking companies with some of their products, and uh, and and I've also you know I also write books, and I have books published on Amazon. So um, I, I have multiple sources of income, and uh, when, when it, whenever I uh, do my promotions, I, I also use multiple platforms. So I, I use YouTube very often for promoting my courses and my books and stuff, and also Twitter and Pinterest, and I now have a new Instagram um, you know, account, which I didn't before because I couldn't afford a smartphone, but I have one now. Um, so, so I do, you know, I spend a lot of time in my promotions, cross promoting on different platforms as well. So I just wanted to say that, uh, for me, the, um, that kind of income has been, uh, not just in course creation, but in promoting my courses and my books through multiple platforms and being an affiliate. So there's a lot more work than just you know, doing the the courses. Yeah, I think for me, at the end of the day, most of my time is not spent in front of a camera teaching. I would say that's maybe 5% of my time. I wish it was more. But uh, like today, like, so is most of your time just figuring out what to take a picture of to post on Instagram, coming up with other content? Um, How much of your time is actually course creation? Well, I think somebody said it's 20% content and 80% promotion. That I Does that sound good to you? I, I think Sounds that's, about yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, my goal since I started uh, however many months ago it was, was to at least do three things a day to uh, further my career, to further my uh, work on um, my passive income. So... Uh, if I'm busy doing other things, I still try to do at least three things. Um, if I can post pictures, uh, make a bo- uh, blog post, if I can put a video on YouTube, if I can go in and, and uh, optimize some of my YouTube uh, videos with some content or links, if I can update something, 
if I can create a new coupon. Uh, I also do giveaways and contests, which are really popular with my following. So uh, a rule of thumb for me has been to do at least three things every day uh, to, to support my promotions online. And I figure, you know, three things a day doesn't sound like too much, but every 10 days, that's 30 things, you know, and every month that's 90 to 100 things that you've done to promote yourself. So, nice. yeah, so I work at it every day. I like that. And do you keep any sort of track of that? Do you write these goals down every day or do you just kind of come up with them as you go? I'm not a logical type of person that keeps schedules. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, you know, I do sometimes try to write things down and, and keep in mind what I need to do. But uh, I, I'm basically the type of person that just dives in and does anything that I can think of. I, I think that I would do well to maybe be more scheduled and a little bit more logical about some of this stuff. Uh, and, and sometimes when I see you guys out there coming up with all your graphs and things that you're doing and plans and you've got it all charted out, I'm just going, oh my gosh, that's just amazing. Um, and so maybe I'll try to do some more of that in the future. But for right now, uh, I just kind of go with the flow. I'm that type of person. I just go with the flow. I think that's totally fine though. And I think people and people who are entrepreneurs trying to be more entrepreneur-like get caught up in these ideas of, oh, I have to journal every day. I have to write down my goals for every day or I have to have the perfect morning routine. But at the end of the day, some of these things might help out, but going with the flow or going, going to your own beat sometimes works better and it's obviously been successful for you. So I think it's totally fine that you're just going with the flow right now. You did mention something about passive income and... I actually put out a YouTube video a couple years ago and it was about the the ways that I'm making passive income right now and it became my most popular YouTube video and I talked about online courses being passive income for me and so I want to hear from your perspective. Do you think that online courses are passive income? Uh, half and half. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, getting the course up there and it's like a book. Getting a course or a book out there is great. You've got the work done. And it's not like, uh, for instance, uh, having a retail business where you have to keep selling something over and over to make the money. You have it out there and you've got it set up so the sales take care of themselves. But you still have to drive, do the, the sale driving. Um, and also, my students are quite interactive. I get multiple questions every single day. And so... I happen to enjoy it. So that's not been a burden for me. But I think for some instructors who feel that they can put a course up there and then ignore it, it might be a problem for them. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you want a course to last and you, you're going to want to update it and really yep. build a community with that course, are you doing, you mentioned doing some uh, challenges and stuff. Are you doing that within your courses or just outside on social media to, to build your audience? Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you wanna learn the fast track to six figures with online courses, get your free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, we do challenges, we, uh, we do like bread challenges where uh, people will give them a certain type of bread and everybody posts their pictures. Uh, but I do giveaways and contests a lot. What I do is I will, I have different, um, 
baking businesses that try to sell their different types of baking ware. And I'll contact them and I'll say, you know, I'm going to have a giveaway. Would you like to be part of it? And the last one we had had several quite nice uh, prizes, uh, grinders and bread proofers and loms and uh, uh, baker scales. So there was, you know, and a baking stone, which is actually pretty expensive. So there was some, you know, really nice uh, gifts there. So uh, we, we have the giveaways uh, on a regular basis and different contests. Uh, right now, we're doing a giveaway where Bread Magazine, which is an online bread magazine, is um, offering three free subscriptions to their magazine and a discount to everybody who's in my Perfect Sourdough group. And that goes on till the end of the month. Uh, and all you have to do is post a, a photo of bread. And it's actually got a lot of posts on it. Nice. Well, I just baked my my uh, Dutch oven bread last week. I should be on there. Absolutely. <laughs> Pop it on there. <laughs> so when you're reaching out to these companies to see if they would donate or offer something for your contest, is it just, are you literally just finding their contact page or an email address and reaching out and saying, hey, would you mind donating? Do you say like, well, I have all these students and they'll be aware of your product now? Or how do you go about getting items for your contests? Well, sometimes uh, companies actually contact me because uh, I've got a web presence now and they would like me to use their product or review their product. And I will. And if I don't like it, I just tell them and I don't do anything with it. <laughs> uh, but there's a, there's a few like Broad and Taylor, uh, they make a bread proofer and I've been working with them for years. And I'm not actually an affiliate for them. I just like their product so much that I show the students how I use it in the videos, uh, in, the, in the courses. And then they, uh, every time I have a giveaway, they're very generous and they, you know, donate uh, a proofer for, you know, for one of the winners. So, um, so I do have businesses contacting me, but I will also contact businesses if I feel it's uh, an item that might be really useful to my students, I will contact them and ask them if I can either do a review or if they want to be part of a giveaway. And sometimes if they want me to do a review, uh, they'll send me a free product, which is always, you know, like Christmas. So <laughs> <Yeah>. that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think one key to success with doing contests and giveaways is finding something that's really related to your audience. If you're trying to grow your audience through a challenge, I've seen people give away things like iPads or whatever before, but in those situations, anybody wants an iPad, so they might yeah. enroll or join the challenge. So I think it's a good idea to find something very, like that only people who want to make bread would be interested in, because then you build a, a high quality audience uh, rather than just a bunch of random people who want to be on your email list to get an iPad or whatever it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. I try to be focused on, um, anything that's, you know, uh, of interest to bakers. Uh, just recently I kind of branched out and became part of, uh, some, uh, giveaway bundles. One woman was doing a, a bundle giveaway that had to do with, uh, fermentation and, uh, kitchen work and gardening and things that bakers might also be interested in. And uh, so I gave away one of my courses for free in there and one of my books. And I got over, I think it was like almost 2,000 new students that way. And they, several of them immediately started purchasing my other courses. 
So I really stretched my uh, audience by joining a bundle like that. So um, I, I'm part of another one that's going to be starting January 15th. And they're giving away, uh, well, actually, theirs isn't a giveaway. It's like $29 for a huge amount of back to nature, uh, back to basics type of uh, books. And I'm real interested about that one because it's got a lot of exciting things, you know, making butter, making yogurt, bread, uh, gardening, all the types of things that uh, bakers are also usually interested in. And so being part of these bundles has been real helpful uh, because the uh, the people that are doing the bundles usually have huge audiences. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I, I got to look into that myself. Going back to the course creation part of it. Uh, what advice do you have for people who are creating their first course or just their next course in terms of making a better online course? Are there any mistakes that you've made and learned from that you can share with the listeners? Oh, sure. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I think the, the, the biggest takeaway for me uh, after making a Udemy course was start with a small course and learn the ropes by doing a small course. My first course was pretty big. And it felt like it would never end, that I would never finish it. And I kept plowing away at it. And uh, and now it's a large course and I need to go back and re-edit it and, and work on it because there was so much that I didn't know at the time when I was you know, doing that. So I, I would recommend starting with a small course, learn the ropes. And it's obviously going to be probably your worst course as far as quality because you're learning the ropes. It's the learning curve. So then when you go on to make your better courses, you can come back and it's easy to fix up a short course. <laughs> um, I like that. <laughs> also, do not buy an omnidirectional mic. Microphone. That does not work in our business. It has to be shotgun or, or uh, uh, what is it, a unidirectional. And uh, I, I bought so many different microphones because I didn't understand that. And then finally, I, when I did the research, I came across unidirectional and you know, shotgun microphones. And, and that made all the difference in my audio. I just That is something I wish somebody would have told me right off the bat. And I, I think that was actually even more important than make a short course is get the right microphone. I think audio is so important. I don't think I asked you actually what equipment are you using now? Is it the same as what you started with or do you have any new equipment you're using? No, I, I took my money right away and that I was earning from my, my first course and I bought a Panasonic uh, FC1000, which is optimized for uh, making videos. And it's really done a great job. I'm really happy with it. Uh, now that I have a smartphone, I'm going to be getting some sort of a support for it or tripod for it and using that as a secondary uh, camera angle in my future courses. Um, but if I were to get another camera, you know, I think I would definitely even go for, with another FC1000 Panasonic. Uh, if you haven't seen them, Phil, you need to look it up. They've, yeah, I got to look that up right now, actually. They, <laughs> they've got a big, beautiful lens, and they are completely optimized for making uh, videos. Uh, it, nice. Yeah, they're a little heavy to hold, so if you're on the run, you know, that's that wouldn't be the type for you to use, but I'm not on the run when I'm baking, so... <laughs> I love hearing about this camera and I'm looking at it right now. It looks beautiful and people are always asking me and my courses and online just what camera do you recommend? And I'm always like, you know, cameras, 
matter, but so many cameras nowadays shoot amazing videos. So this is another one that it's good to have like firsthand experience and one I can start recommending too, because the price point looks like it was, it's around $600 yeah. right mm -hmm. now online. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty good price for a high quality camera. Uh, so that's good yeah. to know. So, um, promotion wise and building audience wise are you, you started with you had your group you had your facebook group you had a youtube channel is there one area you would focus on if you were starting out from scratch now well i definitely would would start with a web page uh some sort of blog or or landing page uh you really need a, a web presence online and then i would start uh, next thing i would do is go get a facebook group not a not a business page because I have a business page and YouTube really uh, puts the brakes on what you can do on your business page and they make it to where I have multiple thousands of followers on there and anything I post gets shown to maybe one to four hundred people and I have to pay to have it shown to anyone else uh, in the groups it's everything you post is shared with everyone who's you know active in the group. Uh, so I would recommend setting up a, a group that is in your niche and um, doing some fun things in it. Keep it active, post things regularly, do some giveaways and some contests, challenge people to do things. Uh, my group is very active. It's it's a lot of fun for me. And I've uh, the people that are in it are always telling me it's one of their favorite groups. So make it a fun place for people to be and they'll be there. That's great. And when you're starting out, like if I was starting out from scratch, how, how do I even find people to join that group? Is it if I have a course, are you telling people in the course to join the group? Are you going on other Facebook groups or other websites and telling people to join? Was it kind of organic for you or what advice do you have there? Oh, it was organic. Um up to the point where I started making courses. And then in all of my courses, I tell them, go join Perfect Sourdough because there's thousands of bakers there that will help you with any problems that you have. And uh, so I get a lot of, of my students joining from there. But I started the Perfect Sourdough group, um, I don't know, four or five years ago. And it was, like I said, a collaboration of bakers. Uh, we were writing a book. The book fell through, but people kept joining the group and it just sort of, you know, um, in a way it kind of tells you how much interest is in your niche because when, or when organically people just keep joining and joining and joining, it means you've picked something that there's a lot of interest in. So, Got it. yeah, no, I think that's, that's really cool. So are there other people now helping out with that group yeah. posting stuff? Yeah, nice. it was way too much work for me. So I have several administrators, uh, administrators that help vet people and, uh, you know, keep an eye on everything. And are they just doing that out of the goodness of their heart? Are you paying them or are they just sourdough lovers? They're, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Uh, when I need more admins, I ask if anybody's willing to, you know, to help out. And then I get people who volunteer. And then anyone who is an admin gets the perks of the, anything that I offer, uh, any of my new courses or anything that I have to offer, they get it for free. That's great. I love the idea of people helping each other out. And one thing with a lot of my courses, I find that students post questions and not many other students will respond 
to those questions. It's always me having to respond. I would love to build some more, more of a community feel within my courses, but also for a Facebook group. Um, I actually am probably going to do that with this podcast. So I'm going to try to try to build a groups around this, this topic. I know there's a lot out there already about online course creation, but I think, um, having one of my own on the, you know, surrounding this, this podcast is going to be a fun adventure, um, and just help people collaborate. That's what it's all about. Are you, um, promoting your courses? Well, I'm sure you are. You're promoting your courses yourself. Are a lot of your sales from on Udemy coming organically? And if you are promoting, what are the best ways that you found promotions to work? Well, Actually, just this last month is the first month that Udemy passed me up in promotion. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, even last January, when they do their big promotions, I beat them. Uh, so I'm actually pretty good at, at sales and doing my own sales. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll make a course and I'll launch it. And uh, I'll, I'll put a post uh, about my launch. I'll send the launch you know, information to my uh, email list. Uh, I, I, I will usually do a giveaway or something special for the launch. Um, if I can, I'll post a, the intro video to YouTube and put links to the course and uh, coupons. I post it on Pinterest. I post it on Twitter. I'm going to start posting it on Instagram. I haven't been very active there yet. Uh, and then I'll and then I'll promote it in my different baking groups and stuff that I have on Facebook because I have more than one. I have I have several of them. Uh, but just the really large one, Perfect Sourdough. Uh, when I post it there, I get a lot of uh, people joining from there. And not only that, I have people saying, "When's your next course? When's your next course?" So I have people anticipating and waiting for the next course as well and giving me suggestions on what my next course might be. Oh, that's really good. Are you at all on purpose reaching out to people before you launch a course to kind of tease the idea that you have a new yeah. course coming along? I do. And sometimes I'll say like, oh, my new course is, is in the works. It's getting close. What do you think it is? And, and uh, I'll start teasing them and then I'll start posting pictures like I did that with my pizza course. I started posting these pizza course, uh, pick photos. And then I said, guess what my next course is going to be. And, you know, and they're like, well, do we get something if we, if, you know, if we guess, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get to get into my next course. So, um, the other thing I do is I have, um, eBooks on Amazon and with Amazon, they have usually have a preview where you can click on the book and look inside. And if you, have books on Amazon, even small ones in your genre, in your niche. Uh, remember to, on the very first page, put links to your courses, to your other information that you want people to be aware of, because that's a worldwide audience of multiple millions of people, and it's free advertising for you. That's really good. And I always tell people that they, if they have a course, they have a book, they can convert their course to a book or vice versa. If you're an author mm -hmm. and you've written books, you can create a course out of it. In terms of pricing your courses and your promotions and your launches, do you have any strategies about that? Um, I don't know. I That's something that has been um, kind of befuddling for me. I have my larger courses at a higher price. I, I'm not sure. I think I have them set at 120, 120. 
the medium courses are like around 50 to 80. And then my, my intro course, Sourdough 101, I usually keep that one low so people can uh, join organically. Um, so I, I don't really have and I play around with that. Sometimes I'll put them up. Sometimes I put them down. And uh, so far, I haven't noticed for me that it seems to make much difference. But I would actually like to take a course on that subject right there. So if you have a course coming, <laughs> let me know about that. Because I, I'm not very intuitive at, at pricing in the sweet spot. And with Udemy, it, it's been hard for me to find the sweet spot anyway. So... I think it's hard. I mean, I know for myself, I've always launched my courses or tried to launch my courses between $19 and $29, which I think is higher than a lot of people launch their courses. And my advice is if you're creating courses and you're starting out to try not to devalue your courses in the beginning, because I know people who started selling their courses for $12 or $11 and $10 and now they their audience is used to that and they can't sell courses at a higher price. And even though for me, I feel like Udemy has has their $10 sales, they have their $15 sales, I still find that I've had success launching courses and trying to sell them at higher prices. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert at pricing. Um, but I know with the pricing change, when they tried to make every all the courses cheaper at, or more inexpensive between $20 and $50, they realized automatically that students like to ha perceive the value of the course being higher. So even though the average selling price for my courses is not $200 or $100, that's where I put most of my courses uh, just because they are worth that amount, I think, if people buy them. But yeah. uh, most people are going to want to get that deal. Uh, I know that my uh, experience as a brand new student to Udemy uh, – if you remember, we talked about it earlier. It was January. They were having their blitz and they had all these $10, every, all the courses were $10. And I was, you know, ha, wasn't making very much money yet. So I went, I took $100 and I bought 10 courses and I went and I found the highest price course in each subject that I was interested in because I felt that I could never afford that course. So I'll get it now. And if I want some of the other courses later, maybe I can afford them later. So I always remembered that, that as a new yeah. student coming in, you know, you get the highest price courses because you perceive them as being of the highest value. Yeah, that's a good personal experience to, to remember. So as we wrap up this episode, where do you envision yourself in five years from now and what are you going to do to achieve those goals? Well, I... It's just been amazing. I've been asked uh, to do workshops around the world now. I went to um, Belgium uh, last fall, and I did a workshop there at Pirados, and uh, it's um, it was the quest for sourdough, and it was just an amazing experience. I met bakers from around the world, and I was also asked uh, to do a workshop in the future in England, and I've been asked to do one in Mexico. So my horizons have really expanded on where I might be in the future. Uh, I'm even thinking maybe it would be cool if I got a um, a uh, commercial kitchen set up and did some workshops and had bakers from around the world come and give their courses from where I live. 
So uh, uh, the sky's the limit. Uh, I don't know where I'll be. Um, my goal is to make at least $10,000 a month. That's what my goal is. I'm thinking in the future, hey, maybe it'll be, you know, 15 or $20,000 a month. Who knows? But my, my stretch goal in, from the very beginning was $10,000 a month. And that was when I was only making $300 a month. So uh, I'm, I'm about halfway there now and, uh, or even a little over. So um, I'm pretty happy with where the trajectory is going for the future. Yeah, that's that's awesome about being able to travel and teach. And I think this year you're going to hit that $10,000 goal in one month. I, I, I'm guessing and betting that you will. I'll put my money on you. So that's awesome. And for all of our listeners who want to find out more information about you and your courses, where can they go? Well, you can go to Google and look up Teresa Greenway or you can look up Northwest Sourdough and you'll find me all over the web. Perfect. Awesome. Teresa, thank you so much for spending the time with me and the audience, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Phil. You have a great day, too. I've had a wonderful time. Thanks. We'll have to have you on in the future to see uh, how you're doing in the next uh, six to 12 months. See if I hit that $10,000 a month goal. (laughs) Yeah, when you do it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's no better way to learn how to become a better online course creator than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take an extra minute of your time and help me know how to make this show even better. Thanks and have a beautiful day.